The following podcast contains spoilers for the proposition. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Mike. This is episode 69. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And the Flyers just scored. You having more? <laughs> I really shouldn't have this on in the background, but oh well. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Bunn, along with your host, Miguel Magusto, for the second time. I'm doing having this. deja vu here, Glenn. It's like we did this yesterday. Well, it's like we recorded this yesterday in my car, and my stupid, dumb mic brain mm-hmm. didn't check to make sure that the microphone was recording. Well, here we are for round two, and we are. Uh we're gonna we're gonna do one of your movies. We're gonna do what one of my movies. As everyone, if you listened to last week's episode, you know that mm-hmm. I picked a movie called The Proposition. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But before we talk about that, Glenn Jaw Man Button. Oh, oh God. Yes. <laughs> have you have you seen any movies in the last week that you want to discuss? Um, I I have watched a total of four movies, one of which we saw together, which mm-hmm. is a topic we will talk about in just a second. But mm-hmm. uh, the movies that I watched, um, the first one was a rewatch of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which, Ooh. dear God, we all know it's a fantastic movie and it still holds up so so freaking well. That it does. And was, Charlie Kaufman. Just, oh yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. in a little. Uh, a little uh, Jim Carrey. I, I really wanted to watch a Jim Carrey movie, and that was the one. I was like, I need a drama and a Jim Carrey, and I got mm-hmm. two in one, and it was great. Nice. Um, so I watched that, and then I moved on to Serpico, um, which is a uh, hua, you hua, know, hua, which <laughs> without that, which is nice. It's um, it's an Al Pacino movie um, in the '70s before he became super Al Pacini. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which um, is not an issue. No. But he was more nuanced back then, which is good. Yeah, he he definitely dwelled into his characters and everything. And uh, this one was a really good one. It was a good uh, character, uh, surrounded by like a kind of an okay plot. Like it was a good plot, but it what really did it was Al Pacino and his character and how he acted in this movie and the way mm-hmm. he looked. Dear God. Um, oh yeah, he kind of thrown uh, myself at him if I was even close to being born. He kind of looked like. Uh, Jesus, a little bit, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Did you ever see the Jesus. "It's Always"? <laughs> did you ever see the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" episode where Charlie Kelly is uh, kind of doing a Serpico thing? I did not. Oh, it's a great episode. Highly suggested. I, have um, to look I it forget up. what it's called, but I'm sure if you just type Charlie Kelly Serpico, you'll see it. Oh, I get it. <laughs> you want it out, huh? A crooked cop. Yeah, I get it. Everybody's a crooked cop. Really got to do something about these homeless people. Because it is 100% like not even trying to hide that it's an homage (laughs) to it. Um, So, so yeah, I did watch that. It was an amazing movie. Definitely one of his better roles, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, I watched Under the Silver Lake, which uh, you had talked to me about a little bit. That uh, the guy who directed this movie directed It Follows. Yes, he did. And after you told me that, I connected a lot of dots. I was like, this is making a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, 
and it, it really did. It was really this movie was really cool in the fact that it felt like a Californian noir movie mm-hmm. um, with a lot of sexual tension in between. You know what I'm saying? Just a little bit, yeah. Just, that, just that's probably uh, the one thing that I didn't care for in it mm. is the. Not all of it, but it, it just it kind of seemed like Andrew Garfield was a fuckboy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it didn't really him being obsessed with this one woman didn't really hold any weight because he was kind of obsessed with every woman. Uh, yeah. And it also made it kind of creepy, in my opinion. Um, but I, I still really enjoyed that that film. I, I just. Yeah, I mean, there's other things. I was like, I was telling you when I uh, when I was watching it that uh, it, if it, if it dwelled more into just him searching and looking for clues and stuff like that, it would have been really good. But there was a lot of needless sexless uh, sexual tension in it. Mm-hmm. Like he'd go to a club and everybody just trying to bang, and then he'd go to another place and everybody was banging, and then it's just it was all it's all over the place with a. Uh, you know? Yep. Um, and then the last <laughs> one that I watched was one we both watched together, which we actually did a YouTube video for, which will be up either eventually or I doubt and before this is out. Um, no, it'll be out before. I just finished okay. editing it. Look it's actually you. exporting right now. Oh, wow. So, but uh, uh, that movie is Christopher Nolan's movie, Tenant. Yeah, yeah. We're which, trying to get back into the videos, so hopefully uh, yeah, this which, is the first of many to come. Dear God, I'll I'll let the review speak for itself. But my, Mike, I had a lady come up to me today, and I almost flipped my lid on her. <laughs> I, I swear I to saw God, she she uh, hated it. Oh my God! But anyway, we're moving on from that. Uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, I have seen one, two, three, four, five, six movies, including The Proposition and Tenet. Uh, we'll get to The Proposition later. Tenet, as we said before, there's a YouTube video for that. Uh, go to our uh, YouTube channel, Keystone Film Review. Uh, and you will be able to watch that by the time this is up. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, the first one I watched last week was Unhinged with Russell Crowe. Uh, yeah. It was... It's doing really good business. Yeah, it's doing really good business. It was it was steadfastly always preparing itself to be the first movie back once theaters open. Yeah. Every time AMC and Regal announced an opening date, Unhinged was there. It was going to open the day yeah. that they opened. No matter what, it was for uh, sure going yeah, to be. No first matter day. what, and it, it, it stuck to its guns. It it uh, it, it opened, um, and while this isn't a great movie, I do kind of respect the fact that they did that. Yeah, uh, where they just you know they really wanted to be the first because that that was the thing with like Mulan and Tenet keep. They kept moving. No one wanted to be the first movie to reopen. Yeah. Uh, and Unhinged was like, I'll do it. Because, you know, if we're, if we're honest, if it if it opened on any normal year, it probably wouldn't have done much. Mm-hmm. But because it was the first movie, it did really well. And the movie itself, it's okay. It's, it's entertaining. It's a good popcorn movie. Good way to spend 90 minutes. Russell Crowe was really good in it. Uh, but, you know, other than that, it's not much to write home about. I believe Jimmy Simpson... Um, is it Simpson? Oh, Jimmy Simmons? Oh, I gotta look it up now. Ah, oh, what's his name? He plays one of the McPoyle brothers in uh, in It's Always Sunny. Jimmy Simpson, yeah, Jimmy Simpson. I was correct the first time. Um, he's in it. He's completely wasted. He's only in it for a scene, and I really feel like they should have had him in more. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's all right. If you want to spend ninety minutes, spend ninety minutes watching Unhinged. Not you know, it's not terrible. It's not great. Uh, then I watched a movie called She Dies Tomorrow. This has a lot of really mixed reviews online. Um, and I can see why. Uh, 
it seems like a either love it or hate it movie unless you're like me where I appreciate it for trying something different. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really do well hit, in my hit opinion. Home is yeah, it didn't it hit could've. home. Uh, it's essentially about this woman who just knows somehow that she's going to die in 24 hours and just kind of her coping with that. She's drinking heavily, you know, partying and everything. But then everyone she comes in contact with gets that same disease. It's kind of like uh, It Follows when we yeah. recorded yesterday. You kind of made the connection where, uh, you know, they're not having sex. It's just like yeah, they come in contact. Yeah, it's just a 24-hour thing. Yeah. And it creates some really good situations and scenes that way but Mm -hmm. it's uh you know it's not amazing it's not extremely well done it's just it's it's interesting it's an interesting watch yeah uh then i saw the proposition we'll get into that in a minute uh then i've watched the personal history of david copperfield which is directed by armando iannucci who did uh veep and death to stalin and other such films uh with that dry witty sense of humor that he has and um I really enjoyed it. It's a it's a nice, fun movie. Uh, it feels more like a play uh, where, you know, it's not meant to be super realistic or anything. It's just kind of having fun with it. Uh, yeah. Everyone has family members that aren't the race that they are, which is great. It's, it's uh, Dev Patel is David Copperfield, which is, you know, Dev Patel is one of my favorite actors. I feel like he uh, is underrated for how good he is. And no one can act depressed as well as he can, in my opinion. He's really good at being depressed. <laughs> uh, so that is the Same. personal <laughs> that is the personal history of David Copperfield. Then I watched Dark Man with Liam Neeson's, uh, directed by Sam Raimi. It's Sam Raimi kind of showing that he could do a superhero movie. Uh, this movie made me realize I'm not really a big Sam Raimi fan. I mean, I always had suspicions that I wasn't a big Sam Raimi fan because I don't love... Yeah, the if, Evil Dead as much as everyone else does. Of course, we talked about this yesterday. The only the only movies of his that I have actually watched were the Evil Deads and uh, and the Spider Mans. But other than that, yeah. I I don't know much about his history. I, what's crazy is I I'm one of the few people who actually really liked the new Evil Dead more mm-hmm. than the originals. I could which, see that. Uh, hot take. Hot take. Hot take. <clears throat> I, I mean, I I didn't. I liked the Evil Dead, and then the Evil Dead Two. I don't understand why people like it. It's just the first one. I know that's kind of the point where it's yeah. the exact same plot of the first one, just with a bigger budget, but it's just, you know, I didn't care about it the first time, so why would I care about it the second time? Mm-hmm. That's just me. You know, if you love Sam Raimi, you're more than welcome to love Sam Raimi. Yeah. Uh, and this, I welcome wish... Welcome to your opinion. Yeah. I, this one, I wish that they were more serious than they were cartoonish, and they were very cartoonish. Mm-hmm. And then the last movie I watched is Tenet, which we've already been over. So that is it for the films that I watched this week. Let's get into some news. We got some news for you. Mostly oh, sad. Yeah. Mostly a, sad. A lot of sad news. Um, lot of sad news. I'm going to jump into the lighter-hearted uh, version of the sad news, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, we found out uh, this week, especially the last two days. Um, today was one thing, but two days ago we found out uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson tested positive for COVID, him and his mm-hmm. family. Um, so uh, he made, he brought out a message for like 10 minutes saying, hey, we're all in this together. We all have to fight for this. We all have to like fight, we'll fight against this specifically, not fight for it. But um, <laughs> um, We're going to fight it. Yeah, do your best to do what you can 
to not like spread it. And yeah. then um, this morning, uh, I think a lot of people found out. I don't know if it was this morning or last night, but uh, a lot of people found out that Robert Pattinson has also tested positive for COVID, which is going to put a delay on the Batman for at least two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's there's COVID news. Beep, 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 beep. COVID news. <laughs> uh, same shit, different day. Mm-hmm. So um, just do what you can. Yeah. Just be safe with it. Be wear smart a mask. About it's not it. that big of a deal. Like, just wear one. Just do it. Just do it. Um, and, and then, then we got to into the sadder sad, news. Sadder news. Um, yeah, so uh, f- f- the day before the last episode came out, uh, there was news that Chadwick Boseman had passed from uh, colon cancer, and it kind of hit everyone very hard. He had a very private life, so he did, uh, not many people knew this information. Um, Even and, uh, Kevin Feige and them put out a statement that said, uh, we knew nothing about it until after. Yeah, and it's I, I really hope for a day where celebrities can kind of go through that and go about it the mm-hmm. way they want to and not have it be everywhere. Uh, you know, if, if people want that to be known information, that's them. But nowadays you get so many people that, like, pay off doctors and shit. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that actually happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it was it's just really nice to see kind of everyone coming together for, you know, such a, a strong, talented actor and... and uh, seeing how everyone's kind of coping together about this. Um, but yeah, it's very sad. He's a, a major loss. Uh, absolutely. Um, that's to put it lightly. Um, I remember when when you specifically told me, because it literally minutes after uh, it happened, you texted me saying apparently Chadwick Boseman died. And mm-hmm. I was actually like hanging out with my roommates. We were having a ball. We were all having a good time. And you can tell as soon as my face, I was like, Chadwick Boseman just died. And like the room just went dark, and oh, yeah. it, that mood didn't get the same after that. And it's gonna it's gonna feel like that for a while, um, definitely. Because he he was definitely a big a big hit for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a you know just more sad news. Uh, he's he's definitely gonna be missed. He's a major talent. Um, check out all of his movies, not just the Marvel ones. He was a great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, always picked roles that were strong role models like Jackie Robinson, uh, you know, um, Black Panther. He, he always... Uh, I also read that he uh, he was on General Hospital for a week and uh, his character was, like, stereotypical and he kept, like, bringing notes to the director. So they fired him. But they hired Michael B. Jordan to replace him, but took his notes as well. Yeah. So, like, he made Michael B. Jordan's character that much better just from speaking up and and trying to fight against stereotypes, which is amazing that, you know, one of your first film jobs, it could be your last film job, and you still, Mm -hmm. you know, fight for what's right. It's incredible. It's an incredible man. Yes. uh, Sadly, we have to uh, move on to... uh the next topic. Yes, so let's get into the proposition. Do I need to introduce myself? I've kept company with bad men all my life. I wish to present you with a proposition. I suppose I told you there was a way to save your little brother Mikey from the noose. Suppose I gave you a horse 
a gun. So what is it that you want? I know where your brother Arthur Burns is. It is a godforsaken place. You want me to kill me, brother? I want you to kill your brother. Word has it, you promised those animals who raped Eliza Hopkins a pardon if Charlie Burns brought back his brother. Arthur Burns is a monster, an abomination. It is he who is responsible for this outrage. Your brother's come to kill you. I can help you can help me. A lawman apprehends a notorious outlaw and gives him nine days to kill his older brother or else they'll execute his younger brother. Uh, written by Nick Cave, directed by John Hillcoat, starring, uh, <laughs> I lost it all, Guy, Guy Pierce. Pierce. <laughs> Guy Pierce, Richard Wilson, Ray Winstone, uh, Danny Houston, Emily Watson. Uh, there's other people in here. David Wingham, I believe his name is in, is in here. Um, and yeah, it is an Australian Western, uh, which, you know, it's a great thing to see westerns that aren't from the country of the United States. It's it's just nice to see how other countries put their spin on westerns. It's uh it was actually funny for like a good portion of this movie I didn't actually know it was even in Australia because that's how Yeah. that's how that's how good of a western it was. You didn't even realize that it was in Australia. Yeah, and everyone has like either a British or a uh, Irish accent mm-hmm. um which, you know, back in the 1800s in America could have been a thing. Yep. Uh, it's it's not like it is today where most people just have the, uh, I forget what the main American accent is called, but it's essentially the one that people learn just from watching TV. Uh, and it's, true. it's, it is a, I really enjoyed this. I, I thought it was, it was a good mix of, uh, dark as well acted. Uh, it, it, had beautiful uh, cinematography as you would get shooting in the outback mm-hmm. in Australia and there really isn't too much that I, I have to complain about it. I, I really enjoyed it overall. No, yeah, I mean, especially with the acting. Um, for for me, I didn't even realize Danny Houston was Danny Houston in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, like, John Hurt's in it as well. John yeah. John Hurt. Um, like, there's, there's specifically Danny Houston. Like, I knew he was in it, and you could tell from, like, his forehead to, like, a little bit to his nose. Like, it's very, a very uh, Danny Houston prominent face, but, like, mm-hmm. the rest of them didn't even look like him. But yeah. uh, it, it, he, was, he was great in it. John Hurt, um, we talked about yesterday how... Uh, easily one of the most legendary actors, and in this movie, he just gives a performance that just is so like physical and so emotional in it. Yeah, uh, just and he's just a drunk dude who just saw a bunch of shit go oh, down. Yeah. And he's really not in it for that long in comparison mm-hmm. to the. the he's in it for the maybe a good ten minutes. Ten maybe. minutes, and he he really leaves his mark. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Uh, my favorite thing about this film, you know, it's essentially kind of a revenge movie mixed Mm -hmm. with a redemption movie. And those movies so very often are just violent. And not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, sometimes it's fun to watch violence. Uh, But the thing I loved about this is that it shows the consequences of violence. And it, it does not let any character get gratification in said violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and if and when they do, uh, which I don't recall any like prominent character reveling in the violence, but if and when they do, they pay for it. Um, it it's, it's something 
that you don't really see much. You just see, you know, even movies like John Wick, there's no real consequences for the violence for John Wick. Not that there's anything wrong with it. That's a popcorn movie. That's a fun movie. It, it is what it is. It, it doesn't try to be anything more. Uh, but this was just really refreshing to see that change throughout, um, especially coming from Nick Cave, who's a great songwriter uh, and always paints like a beautiful story with his songs. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it, I really enjoyed like the tenderness in a way where there wasn't really a solid 100% villain. Everyone had redeeming qualities and everyone had negative qualities as well. Yeah, you had you had a lot of humanity in it. Um, yeah, there is there's like uh, for instance the, uh, the the captain who's for some reason IMDb has it so Ray Winstone. Okay, um, so Ray Winstone is the he's the captain and everybody is like he's not punishing this man who uh, destroyed this this family, raped mm-hmm. raped and pillaged this family. Um, this guy needs to pay for it, and Ray was just like, "No, you're you're going to regret that if yeah, you he's do." Like, NASA. Um, so he was like, he was like, kind of the 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 the, the head on the shoulders here, um, for for this for this town trying to get revenge. And, he was the moral compass. Yeah, for and for them. So when he finally caved in and just let them do what they wanted, uh, they just started lashing the shit out of this man. And they were supposed to get to a hundred lashes and they only like, they made it seem like they were going forever, but they only got to like 30, 36 roughly before before the the town number. I remember Yeah, before the town actually started feeling like bad about what they were doing. Like it wasn't, wasn't what they were hoping for. Like there was humanity there. Um, although they had done the deed and sadly the kid had died after, even though he really didn't, do anything he was just a part of that group and him and guy pierce they were brothers um tried to run away from that um they still sadly suffered for what happened yeah um well i sadly but unsadly i don't don't it's it's complicated it's not there is there is no real feeling of justice in this which i -hmm. love personally and to go back to that that uh whipping scene it was kind of brilliant the way they did it. They edited it like a montage. They kept cutting it back and forth between what Guy Pierce was doing and the uh, the the lashing, and 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 you really did feel like they were close to a hundred. Like it felt like it was going on forever, and then they mm-hmm. go back and it's like thirty eight, thirty nine, yeah. and it's just you're just shocked. Like I I audibly went, oh my god, mm-hmm. like kind of that that nervous laughter in a way where like I was just shocked that they were only at 38 or 39 because it felt they they really made it drawn out Um, yeah and then it'd be interesting to count the lashes like because you hear the sound I'd be interesting to hear the sound and count that to see how high it is but I I I really wouldn't be surprised if it is only in like the 30s or low 40s yeah um and then to touch more on that note of the humanity um at the end um when Danny Houston's character and his little his little posse uh, go to go fuck up the captain's family. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know why I laughed. I, was just, yeah, I think I mean, it was just the way he said "fucked up." <laughs> yeah, fucked up. Um, when they when they went to go just go wreck their shop, um, Guy Pierce at the end he comes back after his brother died. The the one that got lashed mm-hmm. comes back and basically saves the captain and his wife from being raped and 
just fucked up themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did that one on purpose, didn't you? Yeah, I did that one on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he kind of saved their lives, even though they basically just killed his brother. Mm-hmm. And there was the, the humanity there. And then he killed uh, his brother, Danny Houston. And uh, he just moved on with his life. Yeah. And that was kind of the great thing about Guy Pierce's character. He had this arc that didn't seem like that broad of an arc because mm-hmm. um, you know he the movie opens with him running away from his older brother because he knows of what he does but you don't really see the change because it's just how it opens yeah and he ends more or less the same way but instead of running away he made a decision to end it and mm-hmm. it, it's it's you he had this struggle the entire time between like what's right what's wrong and uh ultimately made a very difficult decision that most people would just see red after their brother died. It's knowing at least from his mind, like he doesn't know that the, the uh, Ray Winstone's character tried to put a stop to the lashing, but all he knows is that his brother was whipped in prison yeah. and that goes against their deal. He could have very easily just gone in and, and killed the family mm-hmm. and to, to put his ego and, and anger aside to just put a stop to it regardless of if if the proposition as if you will uh will be withheld it, it, it just it just showed such growth without really him growing too much if that makes sense yeah um and, and it was really just brilliant you know it's it's a brilliantly told story uh written by Nick Cave who uh you know he he also wrote lawless uh he wrote a sequel to Gladiator for Russell Crowe that was never made. Um, so, like, just to see him have this kind of quality in his writing is is great and just makes me mm-hmm. an even bigger fan of him. Fun fact, the only reason I started looking for his music is because he always popped up as, like, one of the most famous people I share a birthday with. So... <laughs> The only reason I became a fan of him is because I saw that his birthday was the same as my That's birthday. That's why I like LL Cool J so much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got to stick with people yet share your birthday. I'm looking at you. What's your name? Gordo from Lizzie McGuire? Is that his name? <laughs> we we share the same birthday. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I don't really have much to say. I mean, we kind of hit every mark that we did really yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Nick Cave also did the score for this with Warren Ellis. Uh, they've done several scores like the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it for Lawless. They did it for this. They did it for The Road. Uh, they always make beautiful scores, and, and this is no exception. Um, I really enjoyed the score for this. I enjoyed the cinematography, strong acting performances all around. It's just a really solid film. Is everything all right? Perhaps you better ask your husband. I will civilize this land. Who do you think you are? The judge and the jury? Arthur Burns must be stopped. My God, man, they raped a woman. She was my friend! You should never have left us. Brother, hang on, Mikey, come Christmas Day. I know why you've come back, Charlie. May the Lord make us truly thankful for what we are about to receive. If you have to kill one, make sure you bloody will kill them all. Mm-hmm. 
I have no idea what could we could possibly be picking, I guess, for uh, <laughs> whether or not it's a shelf. Well, that, that brings us to the judgment, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Don't get ahead of yourself. I'm oh, still wow. running this oh, show. Wow. I'm still the captain now. How dare uh, you. So, will the proposition become a shelf boy with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiding? Uh, and since Glenn already, you know, said it, yeah, it's going to be a shelf boy. Thanks a lot, Glenn. There's no tension now at all. I'll show you some tension, Daddy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a shelf boy. There's there's really no contest. It's a great movie, great film. Mm-hmm. Um, great and you had seen it around. before. Did, did you yeah, bring uh, that yeah, up? Yeah, this time? I didn't even point that out. So, yeah. uh, funny story. <laughs> It's because I said that yesterday. I totally yeah. forgot. Yeah, I, um, I remember. I was waiting for you to bring it up. So. Yeah, so I was watching this movie. I'm like, everything feels so familiar about this movie. And it finally got to the halfway point. I don't know what scene triggered it, but I was like, I've seen this fucking movie. And just <laughs> sat there in awe. And I'm like, oh, Mike's going to love this. He's going to oh, yeah. eat this shit up. So that's two <laughs> you, movies now where like I was like, oh, yeah, sounds like an interesting movie. My ass watched it. Yeah, so you, it was, you you said it was uh, a scene with Guy Pierce and Danny Houston. Yeah, in so the, like the, it was like it was there. when they finally met up is when I think it, it finally triggered it, and then I'm like, yeah, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think this was like definitely one of those like uh, it, I know we're gonna sound old as shit, but. My dad's really into westerns, uh, Clint Eastwood and John Wayne. Um, yeah, we remembered it this we time. We remembered it this time. Um, he's really into westerns and all the on the big name guys who were in westerns. And uh, so I feel like this was one of those movies he picked out from Blockbuster, and we watched on a Friday or Saturday night. But God, I, I miss Blockbuster. God, where is Blockbuster God. other than and that when you, one? When you were picking your movie, we were talking about that. Like, how much better it would be mm-hmm. if we just had Blockbuster? Well, it, life just feels good when there's a Blockbuster. God, I fucking love Blockbuster. Come back, Blockbuster. Please? Can we have just a rich person who doesn't need money to just put money into a Blockbuster Even if chain? it was like a streaming service, like, come back, Blockbuster. Yeah. Actually, I don't, I don't, I can't handle another streaming service. Yeah, they tried to have a streaming service. Did they? Yeah, like right. uh, Well, no, they they tried to do a delivery service. I'm sorry, kind of like Netflix. They tried to do that. I think they went under before the streaming service happened. Bastards. Um, But yeah, Blockbuster, you're in my heart forever. (sighs) And uh, now on to some plugs, shall we? Um, Now on to plugs. Proposition makes onto the shelf along with Apostle and the Handmaiden. And Handmaiden. And that brings us to our plugs for this week, uh, since it is my pick i will go first uh so there is there was excuse me a commercial series for i believe it was nbc sportsnet was going to start showing premier football league games uh like the english soccer league uh games on early saturday mornings i think it was and they had jason sudeikis play a football coach that got hired accidentally as a Soccer coach, excuse if any Brits are listening, excuse the use of the word soccer. We got it from you, so calm down. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Aggressively, calm down. Calm down. But uh, so, yeah, there was a commercial series with Jason Sudeikis. He was an American football coach and became a Premier League soccer coach. And it was a a funny series. And then Jason Sudeikis was like, why don't we make that into a show? And everyone was like, "Uh, another show based off a commercial." But guess what, motherfucker? This I don't know what's so aggressive about. This is actually really good. You still watching Flyers? Uh, it's it's in an intermission right now. Uh, but, <laughs> I was gonna this, say that makes sense then. <laughs> yeah, this 
this does not deserve to be this good. This should not be this good, being based off a commercial. Yeah. But Jason Sudeikis or whoever is the showrunner on this is putting so much heart into it, so much soul, so much humanity, and it is just a fantastic show for being, not even just for being based off a commercial. It is just a great show in general, and the fact that it is based off of a commercial series is mind-boggling. So that is Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. Oi, mate, this is you. I believe it is. Wicked. You coaching football. You are a legend for doing something so stupid. I mean, it's mental. They're gonna murder you. This is a bit of news from the other side of the Atlantic. AFC Richmond announced the hiring of their new manager, American football coach Ted Lasso. You're an American who's now in charge of a football club, despite possessing very little knowledge of the game. Oh! I know that AFC Richmond is gonna give you everything they got, win or lose. Or tie. Right, y'all do ties here. <laughs> See that? He must be from England, yeah. Wales, is that another country? Yes and no. How many countries are in this country? Four. If you want, wait until all ten episodes come out, which should be in about five weeks or so. Pay for a month and watch it. It's worth the six dollars, in my opinion, for one month. Do it. Do it. Um, okay, well, moving on to me. Uh, mine's going to be Chadwick Boseman related. Um, I had been watching a lot of interviews lately, not just with specifically Chadwick Boseman. I've been watching a lot of uh, Hollywood Reporter roundtables, um, some variety actors on actors, and a lot of hot ones where you know they do the hot wings thing. Um, but I've been watching a shit ton of them. I even watched one today. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug the one with Chadwick Boseman, uh, Timothy Chalamet, Viggo Mortensen, Mahershala Ali. Hugh Jackman and Richard E. Grant uh, for the Actors Roundtable. Um, every everybody's so good in it. All they are, they all respect each other. They all have fantastic answers to like questions, and then they all just kind of talk to each other so well, <laughs> and it, it's kind of a beautiful thing. And like, I like I like respected Timothy Chalamet's work, but not really him in particular. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming not because of anything he did, just because like, no, he he's kind of inconsequential just, to you. Yeah, well, it's more or less like he, he's one of those, I guess, accidental like girls will fucking rip somebody's head off just to get next to him. So yeah. like that, that kind of like puts me. I'm like, all right, well, this, this guy is pissing me off for no reason. It doesn't relate to me. It's just that it's just annoying. That reminds um, me of a John Mulaney joke where his wife is obsessed with Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> it, it's just the th- it's just the thing. But yeah. um, it, when you watch this, he is in, incredibly dedicated to his work and everything. They all are. It's but uh, but I just gained respect points for Timothy after this. Yeah, um, you you really don't expect it from someone as young as he is. You oh kind yeah, of a, and expect him to have a big head about it. And it was really cool because he's just he's sitting there. He's taking it all in from all these all these peers that he who have had more experience. And he's like trying to he's not trying to cut them off or he's trying to let them talk and just listen. So it was really cool. And Chadwick. Um, he's so well spoken, man. He's 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 got an answer for I won't say he's got an answer for everything, but all his answers were so well like just generated and uh you could you can see the hints at of how how much he wanted his private life to him. Um and so like there was there was like a question of like uh should there be like a barrier between fans and and actors? He's like, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like I, I gave them the art. And like 
as like an autograph, like sure I'll do it, but like I don't have to do it. Like yeah, like I love you. Like there's no disrespect there, but like when I'm out and about, like that's 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 my life. And he, yeah, like it after after his passing, obviously it just kind of hits home harder. Definitely, and, and that is a thing a lot of people need to remember is that uh, you know, celebrities are people. They mm-hmm. don't owe you anything. They're they're trying to they're doing a job. They're not doing it for you. They're doing it yeah. for themselves, and then you just happen to like it. Um, so yeah, they don't owe you anything. Yeah, sure, you buy tickets. Who like who? You're not the ones paying the millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, s- stop it. Yeah, so that <laughs> you're is paying going them to be, ten dollars uh... a movie that they do. <laughs> So that's going to be the Hollywood Reporter Actors Roundtable um, with all those people that I named. In, in some ways, you have a journey that you have charted before you ever got to set, and you remember these experiences that they're talking about. That, and that, that's what makes it. It's like you had, you had an intimate moment with Mahershala, with Hugh, and you're like, no, nah, I remember that day. Mm-hmm. Like I remember what was going on that day. When I rem- you see the movie, you remember. I, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember the connection that we had. Mm-hmm. So if I see a first cut and I'm like, "You didn't capture, <laughs> right? You didn't capture what happened." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you got the shot because you were close enough. I saved this emotional part for this moment. You've done all that. Mm-hmm. You've like, I, I didn't give it to you on the wide. Mm-hmm. I gave you a little bit on the medium. When you got close, I was like, "Oh, now I'm gonna give it to you." Mm-hmm. You did all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you you know what the journey is. So if you don't see it, you you have to say something. I think mm-hmm. hopefully you've chosen the right team of people around you. You've chosen the right script, the right director, the right producers, and they have good opinions mm-hmm. about this, and they're going to make it work better. Yeah, sounds great. Go on YouTube. So those are our plugs for this week. That brings us to our assignment. Uh, one thing that you guys are going to miss is that Glenn did not have a movie picked yesterday, so... <laughs> Silly me. I was going to insert Muzak while he picked one, but, you know... Uh, but now, now we don't have picked. to, because now I have one. Yeah. And, uh, all right, so the, for anybody who's not older than 18, get the, get, get the hell out of here, okay? Because this is an R-rated movie. <gasps> this is an R-rated hey, movie. Hey, 17-year-olds can see R-rated movies. Oh, that's right, they can. I just yeah. don't know numbers. I don't yeah. know numbers good. Um, all right, I thought so it was going to be, be NC-17 for a second. <laughs> so this is going to be uh, a rated R film on Hulu. As called, if the last like five movies we, we've done yeah, have I, not I, been I, rated I know. R. <laughs> um, called Mom and Dad. Mom and, and this Dad. this has Nick Cage in it. So this ought to be some delicious treat. Hey, uh, can I go to a movie with Riley tonight? With Ryan. Your grandparents are coming for dinner tonight, remember? Awesome. Grandpa telling his disgusting Vietnam stories. Take my advice, don't ever have kids. Everything just revolves around you, doesn't it? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what is the rush today? It's like you're waiting for a buffet. What's going on?
you two all right? We're not coming out, okay? You have to leave. You're going to open the door! So 2017's Mom and Dad Rated R, a teenage girl and her younger brother must survive a wild 24 hours during uh, which a mass hysteria of unknown origin causes parents uh, to turn violently on their own ch children. Directed mm -hmm. by Brian Taylor, written by Brian Taylor, stars Nicolas Cage, uh, Selma Blair, which is quite a name, uh, Ann Winters, and a few, few others. Selma Blair, she has... Some form of neurological disease. She, uh, for those of you who don't know, she's in the original Hellboy movies with Ron Perlman, mm -hmm. um, and has been fighting a uh, a disease that essentially has rendered her like unable to walk without assistance. Mm -hmm. And but she still has she has such a great attitude about it. I'm sorry, I just seeing Selma Blair got me don't really excited sorry. about it. Um, but yeah, Selma Blair is a she's a G. And I'm really excited to watch a movie with her. That I, I thought she stopped making movies a while ago, but this is from 2017. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so get ready for that. There you go. Mom and Dad, where can we watch that again? On that Amazon is going to be strictly on Hulu. On Hulu. Mom and Dad on Hulu. That is our the assignment. That's the word I was looking for. Assignment for next week. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website, Keystone Film Review. Dot com on Instagram, Keystone underscore film underscore review on Instagram, Keystone underscore film on Facebook, Keystone film review on YouTube, Keystone film review and on letterbox. I'm Mike KFR and I am Glenn KFR and that will do it until next week when we watch mom and dad, mom and dad. I don't know why I'm talking like this, Billy. <laughs> Jimmy Bob is idea. Jimmy Bob. I'll tell you what. Okay. Before we stop, we stop. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>